to Simpler. We are three pastors, husbands, and fathers on a journey to make life simpler by holding Jesus as the core for every belief and practice. This journey has shaped us to be more like Christ, freed us from the shame of failure, and encouraged us to a deeper love of our Lord and God. We invite you to join us in the discussions that have shaped and continue to shape our lives. But then your forearms catch fire. and you're Well, like, your oh shoulders too. Yeah. Hold, so hold every, your arms up without doing anything for 20 minutes exactly. and your forearm, your shoulders are dead. Yeah. Have I'm, you heard, it's like the the illustration, uh, I don't know if it was for real used by a professor, but the professor holds up a cup of water and says, how heavy is the cup of water? And people start guessing in the class and he, mm-hmm. goes, he goes, well, actually it's, it's depending on how long you hold it. Mm. He goes, if you hold this eight ounce cup of water for a minute, it's not heavy. If you try to hold it for an hour, it hurts. Yeah. And so he was just talking about how we try to carry things, you know, and, mm. and this little thing that didn't seem heavy at first because you've carried it for so long in your life now feels heavy or whatever. But mm-hmm. I feel like there's some, uh, like application you could take. For yeah. That. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Anyway, to, to our simpler <laughs> listeners out there, I love to bring people to my backyard and torture them. <laughs> exactly. Dude, my, so remember, if you, if you want to, if you ever want to come do the backyard workout, I've just given you three of the yeah. 12 exercises. So you know what's interesting? Like us three, we're all pretty close. Neither one of us have ever done his backyard workout. <laughs> I, I did it at the not, old house. We're not Pierce, interested in going to be tortured in his Pierce, backyard. Pierce did my little one in my backyard when we lived in town. I did it too. But yeah, not it the is, full thing. I just yeah, did all the that. exercises. Yeah, but not but not, uh, not this one. Yeah. So, so I got two quick stories about my, one of my, my first gym experience because I didn't really, I was in theater all growing up. My parents, my family didn't really work out. tell because you were like, hey, what's that band exercise? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, did you yeah. just say band and exercise in the same <laughs> exactly. sense? Uh, so I wasn't until like college where I actually like got into a gym and began lurking, learning these certain workouts. Lurking. <laughs> lurking. Just I lurking got, around the gym. I got into a gym, <laughs> gym and, and I'm lurking. around. Yeah. <laughs> you see Pierce but, over by the dumbbells just like peeking <laughs> around the corner. That's how, that's how I learned, man. I don't need to look up YouTube tutorials. I just Anybody watch is. people. Yeah. And I was like, what are y'all doing, man? I'm getting my exercise in. Uh, but you said like the baby deer walking around. Like I'll never forget how embarrassed I feel. You feel like just walking through a gym and then your knees just buckle. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're my, my buddy was like trying to get a gauge of where I was. So we did like full body, like everything. He's like, going, I want to do a few arm workouts, workouts, a few full body, a full legs or a few legs. And by the middle of that, I was just like trembling around the gym. And I was like, I got to look strong. <laughs> and I'm like trying to grab on for help. And there was another time this trainer walked up on me as I was like drinking this water. So first of all, it's a weird social situation where like you have to do something to respond. So you're like, it's kind of like you, a waitress walks up as you're mid bite. Like he walks up to ask me how everything's going. I'm <laughs> chugging this water and I'm chugging it so fast. I'm also trying to catch my breath that like, and then this social situation happened. No joke. I go to talk and I spit <laughs> on this dude's face. <laughs> First of all, you've been lurking. <laughs> lurking around. My knees are bucking. I'm like, <laughs> just throw up all over this dude. Oh. That poor guy. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And he was like, well, are you all right? You all right? And I was like, thank you. There was somebody, I don't remember who it was years ago when we did the smaller version of my crazy backyard workout on Princeton. There was somebody who threw up in my backyard there. Do you remember who that was? It was- I don't. Because you had so many people go through. Because me and Kenny did it somewhat regularly. Hannah did it regularly. Yeah. Um, was it Mark that threw up? Because I know Mark did it like once. It, I may have been. <laughs> it may have been Mark. It was probably Mark. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we'll, we'll just say it was Mark. It wasn't the workout. He saw a spider on one of those. <laughs> I just immediately vomited. Oh. Yeah, come, uh, work, come work out with me. Yeah, go to the backyard. Go get tortured. 
Uh, and while you're thinking about that, let's step on over to the PCC, Woo-hoo. everybody. Come on. Welcome to Pierce's Culture Corner. We're here hanging out. Dr. Pepper it up. Open Pier- yours. Pierce is lurking in the corner. I'm just lurking in the corner. <laughs> just that's how, I, that's how I get these culture perspectives, too. I'm like, wait a minute. What's going on? What's going on in life out there? Uh, so we did summer camp earlier in the summer, like two months ago. But I was just, and I was reading through some um, like ministry youth pages, like websites that are like how to, how to do certain ministry. Here's some games to play, just kind of like resources for youth ministers. And it got me thinking like, man, and this is going to sound so judgmental and we've already done a podcast over this aspect, but why does bad preaching just, why is that the norm? And my, my perspective of bad preaching being just misuse of the Bible, <laughs> like misusing the scripture. Obviously you can, we talked about this on an episode in the past of Good, good preachers, bad preachers, false teachers. We talked about like the different categories of preachers. And so if you're interested in our view on that, go listen to that episode. I forget what it's called, but go listen to that episode. But I just, there's, I think there's really well-intentioned believers who just teach so poorly and represent the scripture so poorly that um, and that and that that's that's the norm. And it, it just, I think it just- February 22nd. I don't know. Do you have the dates on our podcast? I don't on this. Uh, I but, do since like when they post, when you post them, are they, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You can go find them in the day. I don't yeah. remember what you titled it, but it was our February 22nd cool. podcast. Yeah. Go to the February 22nd podcast of this year. Yes. Sweet. So yeah. Um, I just, so for instance, our preacher at camp, I, he cool guy. He, he seemed to love the Lord and, and, Probably does. and yeah. I would, there's nothing in him or his teaching that made me question that, but we had like a 40 minute long sermon of him taking the basic outline of a battle plan from Joshua and then saying like, this is how we attack life and like going like blow by blow of all these things. And it wasn't like there, I talked, I talked to some people later and I was like, man, what he could have easily done is like, look at how God worked and spoke through Joshua. Was it Rahab? Was it Jericho? I don't remember this specific. I, I was trying to find my notes from that camp, but it's on I mean, my it's my on thought. my phone, which is over there. Like, find the nearest prostitute. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Give her a red scarf. Yeah, exactly. Give her a red scarf and then it'll work. Yeah, like that's almost borderline. Like we laugh about it. Borderline, that's how it felt. It was like you have to do all of these specific details in your life. And I was like, man, you could have made this this sermon like so beautiful, even from the exact same text of just talking about how the Lord is working, mm-hmm. how the Lord is faithful, how the Lord is using Joshua in these moments, and how we've been empowered as well by God here and now to to work and move for his glory. Like there's so many, like I just preached that way better sermon than in two seconds than he, I mean, that sounds really, really, really (laughs) arrogant, really arrogant, but I should retrace my steps a little bit more faithful to the text sermon than, than what he did. And like allegorizing the text, what blows is like, yeah, what blows is like, is that's the norm. And that was from March. I should rephrase that. That's the norm (laughs) from my perspective. No, it's the norm within a certain culture. Mm -hmm. So, and if the filter is, a lot of that culture believes that the stories of the Old Testament are actually stories that are specific to us now. Instead mm-hmm. of saying like this is a narrative of what has happened that tells the story of redemption that God's mm-hmm. saving people, they'll say, "Well, the story of you know Moses crossing the Red Sea is actually about something that happens in our Christian life." Mm-hmm. Instead of saying we can learn from how God interacted yeah. with the people and apply it to our Christian life, that's it's the direct correlation they're trying to make. Right. Yeah. Instead of making the application. That's the difference. And it seems like a small nuance, but it changes completely Huge how, you, how, you, how yeah. you teach the text. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, I would love to do that sometime. 
and then take all the awkward stories. <laughs> make it like mean us Ezekiel exactly. Ezekiel 16. <laughs> exactly. So, so Lot's two daughters got him drunk and impregnated themselves. By, Who are you by getting their drunk? <laughs> I mean, that would be kind of a fun. How are you preserving your family life? Huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, obviously, we're joking. But to the point, that's the problem with, with teaching like that is yeah. you would need to teach the entire Old Testament that way yeah it can't yeah. just be the stories you like right yeah so it's oh and it's just it's you're right it's it's and so it's from a, a perspective what of concubine someone, are you cutting into 12 pieces <laughs> oh, God, and mailing out and literally <laughs> to, just, to, to rally the troops <laughs> i just listened to that yesterday like, no this is august now i listened to that last month <laughs> wow the illusion's <laughs> broken <laughs> um, from someone who, who does yeah. these camps not camps that big. My boys yeah. asked me after they got back from camp, when are you going to come preach at our camp? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you, it's appreciated that kind of camp. You have to have some kind of connection or have written a book within that culture. To, so so yeah. probably. So when's your book coming and, out? <laughs> <laughs> I, I am. Britton Carter and I did talk about yes. a book that basically he's going to write and I'm going to give him some ideas <laughs> yeah, on it. Cool. Name on it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> on um, what? What's the topic? Um, How to how to protect your family line. <laughs> yes. <laughs> based, based off of lot. Yeah. Nice. That was a conversation we had about church membership. Oh, cool. Anyways, uh, but as someone who does that, like it, it is difficult to please <laughs> the people who are putting the camp on. And yeah. so I know that's part of it too in that culture. Yeah. Um, and, and cause you guys went to Southern Baptist camp. Mm -hmm. So in that culture as well, there's, there's so much expectation pending the camp director and the people who are running it of like, yeah, it's you, not every camp. No, yeah. no, no, yeah, no. Yeah. but to your point, it does seem to be more normative for people to yeah. preach that way at these kind of camps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's kind of part of the reason I still feel like God's got me out on the road. Mm -hmm. um, I, I feel like part of what I'd love to do is be a catalyst for change in that perspective to show mm -hmm. that you can actually teach the text and what the text is saying in a way that's not boring and dull. There's so many good yeah. teachers who suck at preaching mm -hmm. because it's, uh, it's the best I ever heard it put. I think it was at a conference. In, uh, I think it was Moody Bible Institute years ago. And this guy said, you got all these like TV preachers and prosperity preachers who have like this terrible content wrapped in this amazing wrapping. And then mm -hmm. you got, you guys had this amazing content and you're wrapping it in brown paper sacks. Yeah. yeah. So that was like, I think that's what it is. Is so many people think good preaching just has to be like, like fluff. Yeah. When really you can teach the text in a good way. I think that's why, I think that's why I'm still yeah. on the road to be a catalyst for that perspective and, and change is to mm -hmm. show people they can actually learn the Bible and enjoy the Bible without it being boring and dull. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This was the first year, side note, just encouragement from the 456 youth group. This is the first year that apart from like our core people, so like your your sons in the past and some other people that we've had in the past, uh, apart from our core people, I was hearing more and more from our group like, Wait a minute! This doesn't mean this, does it? And like they're actually they're, cool. they're taking in like what they're what they're pre what they're hearing, and I didn't see it happening. But apparently they were like typing notes back and forth and be like, "What? That's <laughs> like awesome!" Back during, and the forth during the That's service, awesome. yeah. So like, um, well, and also a surprise. They're learning. Yeah, they're learning, which you, is great. Like you have been for the last few years that we've been out here in Dove Creek, you've been teaching them the Bible yeah, every yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're learning how to understand the text. Absolutely, and shaping shaping a culture that is is textual. We use the yeah. term we used a few weeks ago text driven like and and uh and longing for that longing like we said last week longing to enjoy god the way that god proclaims himself instead yeah. of just making up these different things from different texts to either be charismatic or to get more people to sign the paper whatever your reasoning may be 
it could just be because you're a bit poorly trained, like um, as a teacher or poorly trained even by culture that's saying this is what it has to look like. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think you still, if you go, if you go to seminary and, and you sit in any of the, like sit under any of those teachers, it is, it is in essence, you were learning preaching from that preacher mm-hmm. who yeah. was teaching your preaching yeah, yeah, classes, yeah. which is not wrong. Well, yeah, but what, what most of those guys are of the age, most of them. I guess sometimes some of them are your age now, right? I know, <laughs> but they're they're of the age where in in that specific context of culture within mm-hmm. Christianity is where they are going to teach you this kind of preaching. It's, yeah, it still looks the same way it did mm-hmm. for a while. Rarely are you going to be in a context like that where they're like, "Hey, here's a Tony Evans, or here's a Judah Smith, yeah, or here's yeah. some people who like we don't always agree with them, but like right. who teach the Bible, and it's in a different. It looks different than, right. mm-hmm. than just you know so." Yeah. We even had one of our students, uh, I was talking about having to rewrite the small group curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that they did necessarily a poor job, but it was, it was just one of those things where back to like, Tweak some just, things. Yeah. yeah, there was either, there was like either 100 verses that they were using. And I was like, well, I don't have time to go through that or one verse that's just completely misused. And so it's like, well, instead of trying to restructure what they're doing, we'll just go through this part of the scripture or we'll do, we'll take their theme verse and really flesh out, flesh that out over it. We'll fledge it out over the, <laughs> over the next three days. Fledge, flush. Um, and she was really, she's like, wait a minute, the rest of the camp didn't go through what we went through. And I'm like, no, like usually and I hate like, it sounds mean, but every year I rewrite the entirety That's of, not of that curriculum. You're like protecting just, the kids. Yeah. I'm wanting, I'm wanting to teach our you're group. You're teaching with integrity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, none of this, as I started talking, none of this PCC was just to toot my own horn. That's <laughs> to be Dude. like, look at how great of a preacher fart, I am. Fart, but uh-huh. rather, fart, uh, but rather, um, I think that we can continue to shine light on poor teaching, not in the sense of trying to belittle the, t- the people who are teaching poorly. Yeah, they're not false teachers. No, but yeah. rather to encourage, um, the, 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 the bold and truthful proclamation of the word for what it is and mm-hmm. who God is with the intention of people um, knowing the gospel, with the intention of people being reminded of who they are in Christ, instead of these intentions um, being so based off of culture and what culture wants during that, during that moment, but rather being based off of let's proclaim God in, in the, in the best um, and purest way that we can based mm-hmm. off of his word and based off who he's proclaimed himself to be. Um, and I think that we can, in, People in this podcast, where we're, where we're doing the 456, what you're doing on the road, Mike, I think these, although it may seem little in the grand scheme of things, it's changing lives and it's changing people's perspectives of those things. And I think that you guys listening and watching as well can help shape that culture and, 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 and proclaim out there, hey, I'm not going to, like, because too often we tear down the teacher. Instead of tearing down the teacher, let's uphold truth and say, right. man, they could have they done this a little bit differently. Maybe just throw the question out there with, with some of the, the for your friends or family that you're around, your believer friends that you're around. If you listen to another sermon or you're at a camp, or you're at a conference or whatever, throw the question out there. Be like, well, is this actually what God is saying there? And then dive into the scripture together. Like, don't make it a time of bashing, but rather a time of, hey, how can we learn from this? And then yeah. in your own lives, being faithful to 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 the text, being faithful to who God says He is, um, as you speak well, about Him, and I think it's important also that we remember that most of those teachers believe they're being faithful. Mm-hmm. Their intent is to be faithful. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so that's why we shouldn't be bashing them. Mm-hmm. These are like you started this. This guy loves Jesus. You yeah. know, like. Their intent is to be faithful. I, I taught a lot of things wrong my first fifteen years of preaching. My intent was to be faithful to the text. And now I was like, man, I totally blew that. And you can't get that back. Mm-hmm. And so on this side of things, I really regret a lot of my earlier mm-hmm. sermons. Yeah. 
Um, there needs to be accountability. There needs to be people who are growing and maturing. And if you're listening to this culture corner and you're like, well, what's wrong with allegorizing the text? First of all, before you talk to us, go back and listen to our sermon on that uh, from March and then our sermon on the three preachers from February this the year. podcast or the sermons? Podcast, sorry. sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, thank you. And, they may have been <clears throat> Brian's sermon. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but go back and listen to those things and then have this conversation with us because mm-hmm. we, we really feel passionate about this. But um, I know that some people are like, well, I don't get it. I still don't get what's wrong. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a conversation we'd love to have with you because Micah said it a little moment ago that I forget how you said it. I'm going to paraphrase it and you can clean it up, Micah. But like when when we allegorize the text, when we teach the text from a cultural perspective rather than a biblical perspective, the application is wrong. Mm-hmm. And if the application is wrong, it causes us to misbelieve things about God. There's dangers yeah. in handling the text wrong. There are dangers. Yeah. There, are res- there are negative results that happen, which is why you have people go, well, I've always been taught God was X, Y, and Z, and he doesn't seem to be that, so I'm done with God. Mm-hmm. And And where did they get that? They got that from people who were trying to teach the Bible faithfully, but weren't, you yeah. know, they misrepresented God. And so it's, it really can't, it's not, it's not harmless mm-hmm. to, to teach the Bible poorly. It's not harmless. I think back to the first 15 years or so of my preaching, and I'm grateful for a few people that keep in touch with me and are like, man, thank you for giving me a desire for the word. And I'm glad that they're still in it, you know, and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, I go, there's a few that I know pretty well. I'm like, yeah, but I screwed up a lot. <laughs> you know, I got a lot wrong. So I'm really glad that you're still digging yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, hey. So, yeah, I want to hear you guys' thoughts on that. Everything that Ryan said, yeah, back up. Send us your questions. Go listen to those episodes and let's talk about it. Um, Ryan, what are we talking about today? Man, today we are talking about, uh, it's kind of a, to be continued from last week, we're going to talk about the importance of, of a believer growing within a group, growing within the body of Christ. And how important it is for us to be connected to and be part of the body of Christ. But Ryan, isn't my spiritual growth solely based on my individual effort? Well, actually, Pierce, while that was taught often to people, (laughs) I'm sure it's been taught for a long time. I distinctly remember it being taught that it was my individual effort. Um, While that has been taught, that is not what the Bible teaches. Mm. And so when I was growing up, I've been in church my entire life. Youth pastors and pastors would frequently ask the question, how is your personal quiet time? How is your personal Bible study? What is your yeah. personal prayer life like? And the the idea was that if your personal prayer life wasn't good, but then you need to work on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the problem that we have is that the, when when you become a Christian, and maybe maybe this is maybe this is kind of the problem. Uh, maybe this is where we've misunderstood it. People think, oh, you're a Christian now. Here's what you should do instead of you're a Christian now, which means you are part of the bride of Christ. You are part of the church. Mm -hmm. And so you didn't become a Christian to stand on your own. When you became a Christian, you were immediately inaugurated into the body of Christ, the whole thing. And now you were part of a whole instead of part of an individual. And so uh, I, I I think for me, one of the texts that kind of points this out most clearly is in First Corinthians 12, talking about spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. And it says that, you know, that the Spirit gives gifts individually as He wills, but that those gifts are then for the, the good of the body. They're for the yeah. mutual benefit of the body. And so, like, the Holy Spirit hasn't brought me to a place of salvation and sealed me um, just so that I can Ryan Dalglish be a really good Christian on my own. 
He has sealed me and brought me into salvation so that I can be an active part of the body of Christ and benefit the body of Christ. That I think is the biggest perspective shift. Yeah. Is understanding that when you put faith in Jesus, you are part of the body of Christ. You are not an island. Right. Yeah. yeah, We teach it that way. So like, why? I don't understand that. Like why I thought that forever. Like, why did I think that? That was a well, really well-worded question, by the way, yeah. Pierce. Um, <laughs> <laughs> stupid. <but laughs> um, I don't know why I thought that, like, and why we feel that, that it's as probably just as, as Western Americans, but like, we feel like the sole responsibility is our yeah. individual effort. Yeah. Um, I, honestly, when, I think it's another way for people to exert control over you. Mm, mm. Or, or <laughs> control over yourself. Yeah. Because a lot of yeah. times we pre, th- there used to be a group of people, I'm sure there still are. I hope they don't exist anymore, but I know they do. Um, who would preach this idea of what they call the gentleman God? Yes. Where you take, yes. God's going to take 99 steps towards your salvation. He's just asking you to take the last one. And they would have the, the organ start playing. And they sing the first, second, and last <laughs> verse and many more stanzas and tell enough people. And they'd say, God's just asking you to take that last step, get out of yep. your seat and take that step. And God, I want to flip the dirty bird at those guys so bad, <laughs> like in the services. <laughs> I might actually do that. I might do. I might do a uh, series on like bad <laughs> allegorizations of the text, like yeah. protecting your family line, <laughs> and then just these videos where I just go in and throw the dirty bird up at these guys proclaiming the gospel <laughs> yes. wrong. But I'm not going to be very glorified to Jesus, but it'd be funny. It would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> but like there used to be, and they used to be pretty prevalent where people would teach oh, yeah. this idea. And so yeah. when someone hears the gospel that way, I'm sure they're thinking like, "Well, that just continues into my." like walk with Christ is mm-hmm. it was my responsibility ultimately to take that last step. Now it's my responsibility to do all these other Keep things. It up. Yeah. Instead of it. saying you're now part of the body of Christ, yeah. just be part of the body of Christ and let your growth happen yeah. together with other people. Yeah. I, uh, I, I became a Christian February 1st, 1979. Knew I wanted to preach by the time I was I wasn't four. even alive yet. <laughs> I. Knew I wanted to preach by the following year. Um, Went to church, paid attention, wanted to learn, wanted to grow. I remember being in seventh grade, and I don't remember what it was, but there was a uh, some group came to our church, it, you know, revivalist kind of group, but they had this thing for the youth. It was like Bible Bowl trivia kind of thing. Yeah. And it, you won. I did not. Come uh, on, and, man. And it was this family that was traveling around hosting this. And so this family had a son who was about my age, and he rolled into our youth group, and he started flirting with the girl that I liked. Oh, man. Oh. So he was, but he was one of the hosts that was asking the questions and stuff. And I was trying everything I could to shut him down. But like, <laughs> you know, like, and, uh, <laughs> and just try to shut him up. And there was a lot of questions that I just didn't know. At this point, I hadn't ever read the Bible all the way through. I'd been in church. I'm like 12 years old, 13 mm-hmm. years old, been in church my whole life. And I remember feeling really stupid. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I need to read the Bible all the way through. And it was totally so I could impress Bethany, you know, but like, <laughs> uh, but, uh, it didn't ever work. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, Bethany. Yeah. She never liked me. It's okay. I found out when we went a whole bunch of us from youth went to see home alone, the first one in the theater. And, uh, and her friend told me after Home Alone, she doesn't like you because you don't have any muscles. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, did. I could I could have known the Bible really well, and it wasn't going to work for Bethany. But yeah. uh, but <laughs> so then I remember getting to college. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. She's been doing that workout, man. Dr- Come on. Drumline workout. <laughs> yeah. So then I went to uh, I went to college early on in college and and had tried a few times to read the Bible all the way through and had made it like a month in every time and then bailed. 
but still kind of believed, you know, I've been in church the whole, my whole life, so I'm really smart. I'm really know all this stuff. And I had a couple of people as college, it's Texas tech. I mean, they're, I had atheist friends next door in the dorms. And so, and they, they would know one or two verses enough to ask me questions. Not that would cause me to doubt who God was, but at least cause me to question what I understood about the scripture because Mm -hmm. I didn't know it very well. Mm -hmm. And this was the second time I was really embarrassed because I was like, well, I don't, I don't know how to answer that. I think you're wrong, but I don't, I don't know why, (laughs) you know? And so I decided, man, I want to know the scripture. And, and so I really started digging into the scripture. and I was growing all this time. I was growing, but what really changed me was in 1995. I became friends with Scott Donahoe and Ryan Layton, who I, I mentioned pretty regularly in sermons and stuff like that. Friends of mine, they're still friends of mine. And Scott pastors in, uh, preaches in San Antonio and Ryan in in Australia, hey. uh, and uh, <laughs> that's Canada. <laughs> Throw to the shrimp in the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, and and hanging out with these guys on the regular, like talking Bible all the time, asking each other hard questions. That's when like my growth just began to just skyrocket mm-hmm. because we would sit around and like we, Mike, Micah, Micah has been that for the last 20 years. And Pierce, you've been in my life now for a decade, a little over, mm-hmm. but uh, Scott, not Micah, Scott made a mean fried pork chop and cheese grits and every now, like one night we were all hanging out. It was like 1030 at night. And he, he just went into the kitchen and started cooking. And I was like, oh man, make me some too. And so like, we're sitting around like at this point now it's 1130, 12 o'clock at night, eating pork chops and cheese grits and talking about God and just yeah, like yeah. what's going on in our lives. And then just, just the dynamic that the three of us have, like, mm-hmm. um, riding out here to record this podcast today, we had a couple of things where we're like, Hey, I have this new thought. Hey, I have this thing. And to have somebody to be able to bounce those off of Micah in, in 20 years of friendship, how many times have one of us said, I have a new thought, but it might be stupid. And then we'll say something. And then yeah, the other, are. the other person will go, <laughs> Oh yeah, but that can't be because of this verse." And you go, Oh yeah, duh. And so sometimes we're right. And we have these cool new thoughts that mm-hmm. we're learning. And sometimes we're wrong. And what, and what, what enables us to come to the conclusion of whether or not we're on the right track really quickly is that we have other people we can bounce it off of. Yep. Mm-hmm. And instead of going down this rabbit hole and being wrong by ourselves for six months, I can go, hey, I have this thought, Micah. And you can go, no, that's stupid because of Genesis, da, da, da. And I'm like, oh yeah, never mind. And then it's done, yep. you know, or you can go, huh, that's interesting. We need to think about that more, but how does that fit in with this? And we can digest it. And so I, my spiritual growth was radically accelerated. And I, I don't feel like I'm an anomaly. I, I feel like this would be true for everybody, but like mm-hmm. my spiritual growth was radically, I'd been a Christian for 20 years before I had friends who did Christian life with me that I could actually talk about, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I started to grow super fast because I had people in my life that we had the same goal of Jesus. Well, and I think it doesn't even have to be like Bible conversations. No. You see no. the growth when you just do life with people, like hang out with people. That, that was my story, but yeah. not yeah, yeah, necessarily. Yeah. So like yeah. I think that even just, I mean, obviously I think it's important for us to discuss like our, you know, our thoughts. Like yeah. I, mean, mm-hmm. I, I was reading the Bible and yeah, I think it's important, but I think that we glean so much from each other and just Well, you, ha- you had that in, uh, in middle school or high school with Matt. Like you guys mm-hmm. were close friends and we're able to talk Bible together. Yeah. I think that was probably the most formative thing for us. And, yeah. and then adding our friend, Brian Poppy to that later in at high that school. age. Yeah. And young. I mean, like we, 
we started walking with Jesus intensely when we were 16 yeah. because of each other. Yeah. And, and it does. It makes a difference. It does. And even in things like, uh, I think like, like I was playing sports at that time, Matt, I think Brian had played football, but had quit because he's trying to graduate early. He's an overachiever. <laughs> but, um, like even, even though they weren't in my context of sports, there were still things in that, those relationships that affected the way that I acted. Right. Not because I was mm. trying to be different, but I would just like, I was different yeah. than I used to be. My yeah. growth happened when I started hanging out with those guys. It's, mm-hmm. I tell this story when I preach a lot. Like when I was, um, I forget, I was somewhere in middle school. Like I would cuss nonstop at the refs in soccer games and I would always feel bad about it. Like I would feel this conviction. And so I'd go to the next game thinking, I'm not going to cuss today. I'm not going to cuss today. And I would just keep cussing. Potty mouth. Potty mouth. <laughs> I'd be like, just because I watched the first Home Alone, I'd be like, you horse's ass. <laughs> um, and it wasn't until I like really started doing life with those guys and realized that like the goal wasn't to not cuss, the goal was to honor Jesus, mm-hmm. that that started to change in me. And it wasn't like one day I showed up to a game and just didn't cuss anymore. It was like I noticed after a while, like I had stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't because the issue was cussing. It was because the issue was my perspective on glorifying Jesus. And that perspective shifted because I was doing life with other guys who had that perspective. And so yeah. there's strength in numbers. I mean, hundred percent. I mean, there's, I think you see that across the scriptures. Like yep. it's always been about groups, even in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, it talks yep. about, and that's not even like godly wisdom. That's just wisdom. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, there's, I think there's a benefit of having a plurality of leadership within church and not just mm-hmm. one single person. Yep. Um, so there's just so many benefits to doing life together. And I think that, that the idea that my walk with Christ is solely my responsibility. Um, mm-hmm. If that's your perspective, I think you can still grow. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I just think you will, it's, 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 it's such a minimal amount of growth while you might think it's a lot. It's such a minimal amount of growth yeah. that it doesn't, it's not the kind of growth God I think intended for us to have. It's always mm-hmm. been about us together. Yes. Yeah. Always been about us. Together. Well, it's, it's because the bride of Christ. So if you don't, if you're not familiar with that term, the church is also called the bride of Christ. So the collective group of believers called the church, called the bride of Christ, the collective group is meant to be a reflection of who Christ is. Mm-hmm. It's not that an individual couldn't reflect Christ. That that happens. You're by yourself sometimes in a situation, you know, where there's no other Christians around. Certainly yeah. you can reflect Jesus, but you're reflecting Jesus as a part of the whole. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there aren't, you know, there's not going to be a billion churches. It's, it's not like each individual is the bride of Christ. It's mm-hmm. that we collectively make up the bride of Christ. Yep. And, uh, and we collectively are meant to represent Christ well, which is, I think, sometimes why um, you have people who call themselves Christians who decidedly aren't by, by what they say about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the rest of us Christians go, hey, they do not represent us. <laughs> yeah, right. They are not part of us. It feels sometimes like the, the perspective of like the solo Christian would be mm-hmm. like you and your family like never talking to each other until you all sit down at the dinner table. <laughs> and then like you sit down and you're like, how, how well did you do today? And how, what did you do today? And, <laughs> yeah. and then you never talk to each other again mm-hmm. until the next night at the dinner table yeah. or whatever, you know, it'd be like, that would <laughs> right? be nuts. Like, no, we all, we all went to Disney, but we went by ourselves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you get together later and you talked about your experience. How did it go? Yeah. yeah. Instead of doing everything 
together. Yeah. yeah which yeah. doesn't mean that you're always together. You know what I mean? Right. Like I can't think of a single time in my life where I've ever asked one of my boys to come poop with me. <laughs> so me thinking, me thinking alone. You know what so, I mean? So you know what? Like stay-at-home moms right now are going, I've had to do that because, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> true. because they were a toddler exactly, and I knew yeah. they were going to get into everything. Yep. So it's like, come on in here while yeah, I poop. That's true. You know? I've had to do it with Riley. <laughs> just yeah. come in here, stand over there, play over there. Yes, you can go through all that. Just, here, here's some toys. Just but give I, me a second. I'm going to be in here for 15 minutes so I can't. Well, like... <laughs> Sorry, to say once she figured out what was going on, she would just stare at me. <laughs> Stop looking. Just, just give me like, just give me like two seconds of privacy, please. You have to be in here because you'll die out there. Yeah. Uh, this is this is why there's all those jokes about you know how long it takes men to poop, and it's because poor moms have never had that long <laughs> because they go in they go into poop and they hear something crash and they're running out exactly, of the back door. Yeah. They're like, oh no. Um, one of the things, so. You, you guys shared your experiences, experiences with community. Gosh, can't even talk. Um, so it was so interesting for, for me kind of growing up as well. The Lord blessed me not only with like a solid group within my youth group, but also I've been in and out of bands whose goal was to represent Christ and to be, to be basically doing ministry through the hardcore music scene. And that Give I a had a taste of that right now. Yeah. He was just screaming right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was, even though there was some overlap with some of those different groups that I was a part of, there was always some sort of group where we were pushing each other, encouraging one another, asking these questions, pointing to the scripture. I remember nights where, where some people were going through different things and just six of us that were in the band were like, let's just pray. And then we ended up praying for like 30 minutes to an hour. And so like, it's different things that are like really basic quote unquote fundamentals of the Christian life. But like when lived out in community, it's, it's so much more powerful that we can, push one another and encourage one another in the midst of that. And also you're living out the way that Christ and and the Lord like designed it to be that we are now unified in him. And then it wasn't until that, that felt so normal to me. Like that was just my life. I went to passion um, in Georgia in 2013 and right before we started the 710 and we had like small groups at there, which was wild. I think it's 60,000 people divided up into small groups. We had small groups and all of the people in my group were so sad to go home because that was the first time they had ever had anything like that, where 10 people sat down to discuss where they are in life, discuss what they're learning from the word, wow. be encouraged from one another. It's lonely. Yeah. Like, like, and I was, I was heartbroken because it was such, it was such a norm in my life of all these different groups that I was a part of. And I think of these people, like there was one girl in particular that was moving back to Michigan or going going to go back to Michigan to her single dorm. And she hasn't found a church to get plugged into yet. And she didn't even know where to start. And so the different leaders there were helping encourage her and try to figure out what college she was going to and stuff like that, which is really great. But like, she'd already been in college for a year of that, of yeah. going to class, then going to her dorm and then being like, I don't, I, I want to get involved, but how, what does this look like? And it's, I think it's because that, that kind of all starts with just rewinding in, in that particular individual's life of, okay, now you're a Christian. Now it's up to you. And it kind of going from, from her instead of her thinking like, and because never once did she say, I needed, I needed to reach out to my community back home. Never once was that a part of the thought process. It was just now I'm here and now I'm alone. And I got to figure it out. The was that she has to figure it out. Absolutely. Instead it's of, I mean, even a simple thing would be like, calling someone from home and being like, Hey, can you help me find a church here? Yeah. Like asking other people, that's what we mean by yeah. doing life yeah. together. Even it's Absolutely. not just like you're in a new place. You got to figure it out, but like mm -hmm. asking for help and how, how nice is it to not feel the pressure of having to do everything on your own? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, last month I had the opportunity to meet with 
two or three different people who just needed some help, some counseling or some help. And in each case, like in one case, our church provided, as you guys know, some financial support for them. And mm-hmm. they apologized to me. And mm-hmm. I was like, um, this is what we're here for. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, like it was a burden. Yeah. They were mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I didn't, I didn't mean to, I wasn't asking. And I was like, no, no, no this is, this is what we're here for. We're yeah. here to help you, you know? And then another person who met with me and was doing some counseling, they're like, man, I'm sorry to take up your time. I'm like, this is what it's about. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. this is, and they're like, so at the end, they're like, so do, do I pay you now? Or <laughs> I was like, I was like, look, we're just, we're just friends. We're yeah. just talking so about Jesus. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's some I don't accept payments, can but buy. I take tips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> but like we have, we have this mindset. I, I think as a, I think as a culture, um, we we have this mindset of you've got to do it on your own. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much praise for the self-made millionaires. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's so much praise for the self-made business people. And the reality is, and I heard somebody smartly say this, like a billionaire guy, kind of guy said this. He was like, actually, there's no such thing, you know, as a self-made billionaire. He goes, because somewhere along the way, they had a team of people who were helping them. And, yeah. you know, like, and, and, like you are not meant to journey this life alone. Mm-hmm. You, you don't need to be apologetic when you come to the church family and say, I need prayer. You don't need yeah. to be apologetic to come to the church family and be broken and say, I need help. You don't need to be uh, fearful. You shouldn't be. I mean, some church families are jerks, but you mm-hmm. shouldn't be fearful to come to the church family and say, man, I'm struggling with this sin. Like yeah. th- this is the place where you're supposed to be so mm-hmm. that we can hold each other up and support one another. Uh, all the instructions in the book of Ephesians that are, you should do this and you should do this. The you every time is plural. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be the body of Christ should submit to one another. The body of Christ should serve one another. The body of Christ should lift one another up. Mm-hmm. Uh, for you wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against, this isn't you individually wrestle against spiritual forces. This is we as a church are wrestling against these yeah, can things. Can you imagine that? The ludic- ludicrousy of that picture. Yeah. Like against the, the armies, if you will, yeah. Uh, the forces of Satan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're standing there by yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good well, luck, good luck. Figure it out. <laughs> so, so like if, if you're hurt, if you're broken, if you're crippled under the weight of sin or just like, this is why we're a team. This is Stop why. Stop bearing the burden on your yeah, own. This yeah. This is why we're together. Um, so that we can, there's a, in Fox Book of Martyrs, and I'm not going to tell the story well, cause it's been so long since I've read it, but there's a story of, uh, of a woman who's like 85, 86 and a 15 year old boy who have both been arrested for being believers. And they're both being tortured, um, trying to, they're trying to be forced to deny Christ. And he's calling to her from this other room. And he says, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. And she, who has been walking with Christ so long and has faced these moments before, she's like, Christ is better. Christ Mm -hmm. is better. Mm -hmm. And she's calling to this 15-year-old, giving Mm -hmm. him like the support and the encouragement he needs to face this moment. Mm -hmm. Like, my gosh, that's needed. Like, we need other people who have run the race before us, who are running the race with us. We need people to come alongside of us and go, listen, like, you're not by yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're, if you're feeling like, man, I'm just alone, I am just in this alone. I, either, either it's pride that is causing you to stay alone, or you need to find a different group of believers to get connected to. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because there's a disconnect there. Something's off because you, yeah. you biblically speaking, spiritually speaking, you are not alone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's super important that we don't do this alone. I'd like to submit a thought. Good. Mm. Brand new thought just now. I wonder if That's a stupid. lot of our teachings as pastors are from an individual mindset mm. because many pastors go about their life and ministry mm. as an individual rather yeah. than as, as with peers. Yeah. So very many churches have a model where the expectation is that the senior pastor or whatever they're called at your church um, does everything, mm-hmm. yeah. is in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. And the weight is you have to bear that burden on your own. And so I wonder if that therefore influences the way that those guys teach sure. as mm-hmm. if you teach it from that perspective, because yeah. most of us tend well, to yeah, view the world if they didn't believe that, sense. If they didn't believe that, then they wouldn't be doing church that way, right? right absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I think, I also think that what I don't mean is like having that person just having a group of guys who's like accountability partners. What I mean <laughs> right. is actually, actually growing together, doing life together with other people, which could, if there's a bunch of, I'll just say like hypothetically, like in San Angelo, I, I think it, it works this way some. I think it's happening here. My dad meets with a group of pastors every week where <laughs> these guys times, are- Multiple groups. He meets yeah. With, yeah, lots of them, but like, a lot of these guys are kind of in that model where like they're the only one at they their church. Alone. But what yeah. they do is, is they meet together with other guys who are at other churches who also feel alone. And so now there's, there's mm-hmm. togetherness with those yeah. guys. And yeah, so absolutely. they're not on their own. So I just wonder like how many times uh, or how often people preach from that perspective, because that's how they actually do life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it makes sense because if your dad built a business from the ground up, then he's going to teach you, not your dad, Michael, but like just in general, like, then your dad's probably going to tell you the virtues of building your own business from the ground up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we do, we, we model our environment. Yep. And, and so if your environment is one where you believe I've gotten here all on my own, like if, if I here at 47 years old thought that what I know of the scripture I've come to on my own, I'm an arrogant prick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I grew, I grew because in 1995, Scott and Ryan became my friends. I had them in my life. In 1999, my buddy Jed became my friend. I had him in my life. Around the same time, I had my buddy Lance in my life. Uh, Micah, you and I met in 2002. Um, and then Pierce, you and I a little bit thereafter, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, I have never had, oh, and then Chris Lent, he was a roommate of mine for a few years, solid, solid dude in, in my college eight days. Like, I, from, from the time I was 20 on, I have had godly people in my life who I still keep in touch with and we challenge one another and we push one another and we ask each other hard questions. Now, because of the circumstances of my life, you two are those primary guys right now. But I just had lunch with Lance last week. He's, he's over in Germany um, and every summer he's in the States for a few days and we grab lunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just talked to Ryan the other day in Australia. Uh, a month ago, I was visiting with Scott. Like Jed and I keep in touch. So like, they're still part of my life. These yeah. are people yeah. who I am where I am today because of these six or seven of you guys who like, it's you, it's Micah, you. kicking my butt in April and saying what, like checking me for oh, some oh, pride yeah. in my heart, you know, and just kicking my butt all over the place pissed me off a lot. To your but. point, <laughs> it's uh, your your community environment can change. Yes. And so like, even though like, I mean, I think the difference with, with you probably and me is that you still talk to those people from the past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not because I don't want to, I just don't ever think about it. Yeah. But, well, but the community there, there changes. There have been people that I've lost touch with too. So like right, Chris yeah. Lynn, I love that dude, but we lost touch a long time ago and it's not, 
for any reason other than just life, you know, yeah, yeah, right. it just went different ways. Right. And so I think your, you know, your environment changes. And if your if your goal is like you're saying earlier, Pierce to like find it, mm-hmm. then you will find it. Mm-hmm. Like I probably would have told that girl a passion, like you probably don't find actually much value in it. Like you recognize mm-hmm. it's needed, but it's obviously not, not that much value to you because yeah. it's been a year. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. So I think that if your heart is to find community, you'll find it. Yeah. And you'll go search it out and find it. Because mm-hmm. once I'll say this, once you've experienced doing life with other people who love Jesus, you don't yeah. want anything else. That's yeah. exactly right. I think that's that's one of the biggest things that I've I realized through college in general was there was plenty of times where I could have easily said my schedule doesn't allow for this. Like I've got work, I've got school. There was a, there was a, there was six months to a year or so at Hastings where I was scheduled from four to close like every day of the week. And my afternoon classes didn't get done to like two or three. And so I did, what I did was homework after work all the time. Mm-hmm. But I remember like there wasn't even a question in my mind of doing at the time it was the BSM and, and Grace Temple. Like, and I think I was in a band. I don't remember probably, but, but like, those things were non-negotiable. Like sure. it, it's, it's, it's exactly what you're saying. Like once, once you experience that community, like you're not going to give it up because how in the world, this is the way that the, that the Lord was using to, um, to give encouragement, to give sure. refreshment. And so how am I going to combat seven hours a day of crazy customers? <laughs> like, like without the encouragement and refreshment that I'm getting from the people of God that sure. are speaking this truth in my life and pushing me and encouraging me. Um, and, and even though it's not necessarily all Bible conversations, a lot of the time it was me leaving work between 11 and midnight and meeting up at Whataburger and just talking about life, like yeah. just so, having, just hanging out. I'd like to submit another thought. Do it. I actually think I like. Uh, your new thing of, Sweet I want to submit thought. a thought. I don't know why that's the new thing. I like it. <laughs> yeah. From I actually on, think what you're expressing might still be part of the fallacy. Mm. Is that you were looking to be filled up and grown on your oh, own. Yeah, yeah. Instead of thinking that you are just part of the group. That's true. Yeah. 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 That um, it's a, the way you were longing so maybe, for is like to feel something on your own instead of recognizing the importance of the, what you're part of. Yeah, yeah. So the language should be... Um, how much we acknowledge that that this is stimulating the growth instead of instead of an individual mindset of me getting fed or me yep. getting refreshed, acknowledging that we're growing together, that, yep, that, you're part that of we're it. pushing each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I think that like probably what you feel is you feel like something's off and you need it. Mm-hmm. And how we typically define that is I need to be filled up with something mm-hmm. rather than saying I'm I, I I think I feel this way because I'm disconnected from. Yeah the body, not disconnected from the body, disconnected from the growth that's, that's going on yeah. in the body right now. And I need to be part of that yeah, yeah, instead yeah. of it, instead of it being a centralized mm-hmm. version based on me, me being filled up. It's like, I want to be part of the body. Absolutely. I, I would argue that if you're listening to this and you're like, I, I'm part of a group. We do a Bible study every Tuesday morning. I, I'm going to, I'm going to argue for a moment that that is not exactly what we're talking about. Although that's beneficial. It's a piece yeah, of yeah. it. It's a piece of it. But when my, when Pierce said a moment ago, you know, we'd go to Whataburger and we would we'd just talk about life. The thing that's key about our, uh, the church, the thing that's key about the bride, the body of Christ, is that we are directionally moving towards Jesus. Mm-hmm. So you can be talking about life, and Pierce, you might be talking about a circumstance at work, and what you're going to find that your friends do is in that situation, you are being directed towards Christ. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and, and so I grew up 
thinking for many, many years that the way that we did discipleship, the way that we trained people, the way that we grew was to sit down and go through the book of James or whatever. Mm -hmm. And again, I think that there's a place for that. I think that that yeah. certainly can be a part of it. But when, when you have, uh, when you have a parent of a, you know, their first kid, they've got a toddler and they're, they're going, man, we don't know how to, we don't know how to navigate this. Like our child's throwing fits all the time and stuff. The church is coming around, the the body is coming around and going, well, look, like, remember, the, the aim here is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And the the direction is always Jesus-focused, you know? Um, and it doesn't have to be an hour-long conversation. Like, people ask me, like, what do we do as a family? Like, what, is, what does Michelle's and my Bible study look like together? And I'm like, we don't do a Bible study together. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that we're not talking about the things of God. Yeah. It just, it, the Dalglish or household... Go ahead. Can I make that more clear? Yeah, please. It sounded like then the standard isn't that you do Bible study, but the standard is that you talk about God. Yeah, yeah. No. That's not what you mean. No. What you mean is that you are people who have both been redeemed by the blood of Jesus yeah. Christ that are doing life together. Yeah. And because of that, there are times when you talk about the Bible. There's times yep. when you talk about the house cleaning. There's times yeah. you talk about parenting. Vacation or whatever. Yeah. It's not the standard of what you actually talk about. It's right. that you are together doing life yeah. together. We, we both know that the aim for our household is an aim of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so when we see a situation that veers from that, whether it's in one of us as parents or one of our kids, we bring that back in line with Jesus. There are a lot of things like whether or not you run out of the trash right now that don't have anything to do with Jesus necessarily. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's time to run out of the trash. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, like- What does he say in a business time video? Just take out the recycling. It's not part of it, but it's still very important. It's still very, very important. important. Yeah. But, it, but it's one of those things that like, the community that we have, even as a family, is directionally centered on Christ. And um, it, it's, I, th I think that, I think that it's going to look different based off the group of people you're with and what that time is like. And when Scott and I, in 1997, we were teaching a uh, college Bible study, a college Sunday school class at First Baptist Lubbock there. And we spent three or four nights a week studying and preparing for that. Um, but the way... Wow. Well, here's how we did that, though. We'd, we'd go next door. There's a coffee shop that Ryan's, at that point, wife worked at. Um, I couldn't remember if they were engaged or married at that point. They were, I think they were already married. She worked there. So we'd go in there and we'd get our soda for 97 cents because you get limit, unlimited refills. And yeah. next door. Did you say soda? Soda. soda. So what we, about your pop? Did you get pop? <laughs> <laughs> we'd go next door to Great Harvest Bread Company and we'd get a loaf of spinach feta bread. And then we'd go into the coffee shop, get our Cokes and we'd get a big thing of butter and we'd sit there and eat that entire loaf of bread and drink. And like, and when I, you guys got fatter and we fatter did, we did. And, and when I said we were studying for our lesson, like mostly he was, he was learning what he was learning and I was learning what I was learning. And then we'd have a 10 or 15 minute conversation about gotcha. what do you want Sunday to look like, you know? And, 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 uh, we would, it was kind of fun. It's the only time I've ever done it this way. Scott would get up and teach the first 20 minutes of the Sunday school class. And I teach the last 20 minutes of the Sunday school class every week. <laughs> and, uh, and Scott is so, so beautifully regimented that he'd have these notes and these outlines and all these things. And I'd go up there and I'd have a sentence on my page. And I was like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and, uh, but, but we were challenging each other mm -hmm. and we were, we, We'd go eat a whole loaf of bread and sometimes we would just goof off. So it's uh, just to make the point, please. That's because you guys were obviously like interested and felt a draw towards teaching. Yeah. That's so how we did that. 
So nobody should hear that as this is what my time with other people should look like. No. You're mm-hmm. just expressing that from your perspective. Yeah. So like for, yeah. the, for the idea, really, if you want to strip strip it down is is that you are just literally doing life with people whatever's going on in your life whatever you're you and i played a lot of disc golf interested in like and if the focal point which is what you said a second ago right if the focal point is jesus then what's going to happen is growth because first corinthians 12 says that the spirit gives gifts as he chooses and that the 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 point is to benefit the body Mm -hmm. and so when we are together that's what's happening so just be together um you will learn together. You will grow together when you are together is mm-hmm. the idea. If yep. Jesus is the focal point. Now yeah. it's possible for people to just get together and have no intention to mm-hmm. honor Jesus. But what we're also not saying is every time you get together, it has to look like a Bible study. Right. Mm-hmm. For like sure. The fall's coming. And uh, that means that we'll have football on, on the TV, on the porch. Mm-hmm. And there might be sometimes we get together and drink some beers and watch football. And literally we won't talk about anything, but, football or random stuff and that's still part of it Mm -hmm. yeah because at the core each of us has the aim of jesus well Mm -hmm. yeah and it's literally just us doing life together it's just us being uh, together the reason i mentioned is i don't i don't want people to think that the structure is you got to be together but then when you're together you have to do these certain things yeah Mm -hmm. we we don't want people to think that there is a structure period we you said well earlier there are things that are very much a part of this growth process they're being together in worship is, is part Huge. of it. Mm-hmm. Um, doing Bible study, I feel like, is part of it. Huge, um, yeah. But it doesn't mean that that's every time you're together, you're doing yeah. those things. Sometimes right. you just get together and you just get together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, uh, on staff retreat, um, when we go out to Rudoso, uh, we we spend ha- about half the day planning the following year. So we go every December and we'll start, we'll plan the next year and we'll reevaluate things. Uh, and maybe like... Maybe like two hours a day through lunch, but eat. no, you think because we do the mornings doing our own thing. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. only plan for That's like true. lunch. That's true, mm-hmm. and sometimes not even the full lunch. And then then we'll go play disc golf. So maybe an hour a day. Okay, <laughs> yeah, but then we're playing disc golf. You know, but we're still talking about stuff, and we're still kind of working through things. And yeah. sometimes we're just talking about what a crappy shot that was. You know, or mm-hmm. like this past yeah. year. Uh, this past year was the best I've played in years out there, you know, and like, I'm still not going to beat you, but like, it was, it was still the best I had played in a long time. Dropped 22 points. This last ratings update. So, Hey, you suck, man. You can move up, man. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. I just need him to keep moving down. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You stay where you are and just have, I could get progressively worse. (laughs) But, uh, but to your point, like, I mean, we just, we we have decided uh, we didn't play disc golf because it was on the list of things we had to do. No. Yeah, well, and that was one of the big things that I in, in in the midst of the different communities that I was a part of in college, like me and a couple of guys, our heartbeat was just to normalize talking about the things of God that like that you can be playing disc or you can say that, that football night, for instance, where it's just football ninety nine point nine percent of the time. And you can turn over to your buddy and say something that God did in your life that week. And it'd be like, oh, dope. Let's watch this touchdown. Like, and it not feel yeah. like, oh, we have to turn off the TV yeah. and get yeah, really solemn sure. and light yeah. the candles and like talk and like, and like pray and do all these things. Like I can just talk about what God is doing in my life because it's what God is doing in my life yeah. as I'm doing life. Like well, we can be playing disc golf and then get distracted and talk, well, be, be talking about church stuff, be talking about direction of a ministry and then talk about something that happened to disc golf for a while, talk about, yeah. just talk about other things and then be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to think about this and then come back to it. And it yeah. not have to be as reverent as people think conversations about God or the scripture. I, I think church have camps be. have hurt that too, because yeah. you go to church camp Monday night, uh, Tuesday night, uh, Wednesday night, uh, 
Thursday night, the last night, you Ooh. come in, they have the lights dim, they have all the candles on the stage, yeah. and they create this... They haven't done that since the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> they create this idea that there's something special about this night. Yeah, That, like, you know, and like... Like, like you can't just meet with God in the middle of a hurricane. Like, mm-hmm. you can't just, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, like you can't just, like you said, be watching the football game and go, oh, man, dope. Here's this thing that happened, you yeah. know, and, like, cool. And then you move on. Like, yeah. we were watching. If your focal point in life is Jesus and him being honored, yep. it will be. Natural. Like, yes, yeah, sprinkled through every aspect. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Asher, we're, we started watching this show on Disney Plus because my sister told us our boys would like it, and they do. It's called Something Bit Me. Which is a really stupid name because sometimes something Charlie didn't bite them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's these animal attacks and these people who survived animal attacks. And so there's there's one where a guy gets attacked by a crocodile, uh, an alligator gets attacked by an alligator, and they, the announcer is like, "This is millions of years old." These creatures. And Asher goes, "Why do people get say that? Like, where did they get that from?" We paused it. I had about a sixty second conversation as to why people say that where we land on it and then we hit play. <laughs> but he had a question. I answered it from a biblical perspective and we moved on. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and it wasn't this whole thing, like, like you're saying, Pierce, like, mm-hmm. well, now we got to turn off the show so I can explain to you the theology of it. <laughs> exactly, you know, like, yeah. you know, my he son just, just it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but he just goes, that's stupid. Why do people say that? Right. No, and, you're, you're, yeah. you're right. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's an opportunity. Yeah. So I answered his question right. and right. well, we paused it because we needed to see what we didn't want to miss what was happening. <laughs> true, yeah. So this alligator straight up takes this guy to the bottom of the river. Golly. And yeah. I've never even heard of an alligator doing that. I've heard of crocodiles and caimans doing that, but not an alligator. Yep. Well, it's uh, it was in Florida and this guy's talking was about it a big alligator. Yeah. 11 foot. And they were talking about how many people feed alligators to get these cool pictures. Oh. And now how alligators have no fear of people. They view them as a food source. Mm. Um, they're going to provide food and either they're going to provide the food or, they are the <laughs> or you are the, food. Are the yeah. food. And this dude, uh, he was, he was, it was impressive how calm and collected he was because he was swimming in this river. He was racing his buddies across this river to the other side. And he's ahead of them by a long shot and a gator's coming and his buddy's free. So he starts slapping the water to get it to get the gator to come to him. And as it comes to him, he goes, all right, well, I'm about to fight this thing. So (laughs) he puts his arm into the gator's mouth and like blocks. So he could still have his body. Yep. Mm -hmm. And, and the gator drags him down and death rolls him and stuff like that. And he hears the bones break um, and he comes back up and he's like, good, my arm's gone. And so he starts swimming to shore, but it's not gone. And the gator's still on. And then he gets pulled back down and he says, well, Lord, see you in a second. And, uh, and, and then he was like, no, he was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to get this guy to rip my arm off. Oof. And so he starts punching him and that sends the gator into another death spiral. And so he spins the other way and rips so he goes, I can't even feel it at that point. He said he didn't hurt at all. And he's, he said, I don't know if it was just, you know, the moment or what, but he was like, I couldn't. And he was like, but I knew that if I, otherwise I'm drowning, like that's my other option. So he, he gets out, swims to the other side, his arm, his flesh is just hanging. And a buddy of his, his dad's buddy, uh, or his buddy's dad drives by and waves. And he's like, no, like, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And so, uh, but like this guy's oh just gosh. like, I'm just there That's in the water insane. going, all right, I got to, 
something bit me. In this case, something actually bit him. Like yeah. one lady got attacked by a moose and the moose never bit her once. <laughs> like it. That would be a crazy story though. <laughs> yeah. This moose just bit me. <laughs> it's just more like you're offended by it instead of like actually hurt. Uh, anyway. So <laughs> what a great illustration of, of talking about something else and then talking about the Lord. See, you do life together. If, exactly. if your buddy's about to get eaten, you slap the water and get the alligator exactly. to come at you. Yeah. Mm. Oh, man. Yeah. So what's funny is I've heard a couple people talk about our podcast and they're like, they guys get distracted. Like, in what you're doing and what's funny is they might they might label what we just did like as a distraction but like totally. it's enjoying one another it's talking to one this another. is just and it, how we are and that didn't that didn't like cease our sh- yeah i know like which we would never say that as a distraction we'd say like it's oh like you had a, conversation. you have a story to tell exactly yeah. like so i think that's that that's the cultural idea of like when you're talking about the lord together when you're talking about the things of god together it has to look a certain way has to look a certain way it has to be completely focused around yeah. that there can't be any other interjections point a or else point you're B. breaking the focus you're you're hindering what the lord may be doing in this conversation instead of just we can love one another and enjoy one another now based on yeah, who we are sure. in Christ and just and laugh with one another, cry with one another, worship alongside each other because who we are isn't based off of any status that we've created, but it's based off of who we are in Christ. I mean, that's the entirety of Ephesians that we've referenced a few times is that because of now who you are in Christ, right. Christ is who unifies you. It's the blood right. of Christ. It's the victory of Christ. It's everything that Christ has accomplished. That's where your unity lies. And that's why no matter whatever walk of life we come from, it doesn't, we don't have to prove anything to one another because we are unified outside of our own self, outside of our past, outside of our actions, outside our only within the realms of who Christ is, is where we're unified. And so right. what a beautiful, beautiful picture. And now we are given, the Lord now gives us each other to, um, to grow and like, yeah. and that's the way that God has set it up. It's not like, it doesn't show any weakness for us to embrace the community that God has already established, the body that God has established. It doesn't show weakness in you, but rather strength in Christ, if that makes sense. And you didn't even point out like strength in numbers as well earlier, Micah. Um, yeah, I don't, would you guys have anything else to add to, no. to growth, growth in groups, Gro- gropes in groups, <laughs> <laughs> growth in groups. Yeah. So um, how would you say a simpler view, Micah, of this? Do life together. Do life together. <laughs> Simpler view, do life together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, absolutely. Embrace embrace the beauty of what Christ has established. Um, speaking of beauty, we're, we're, we're here with Stephen. Man, I was okay. that speaks of beauty. Here's the beast. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. That's better, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're at the Garden Audio. Go check out Stephen. See what he's got going on over there. Tell him, tell him hi. Thank him for making the podcast sound so good. Um, thank you, Stephen. Yeah, thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Mr. Hot Cheeto. Um, while you're at social media, we are at Simpler Pod. Be sure to subscribe and follow along wherever you are, wherever you're listening. Share this episode, like, like, and and you know what? Hey, to encourage you guys, begin to break down within your groups of believers, break down whatever standard of structure there there was and just embrace now um doing life in the midst of who we are in Christ. Embrace that now. And and that might look and begin to 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 look within <laughs> you and say, okay, well how, how are the ways that I can chip away at that um at that standard and just implement the things of God into um into us just doing life together. 
Um, yeah. So, so ask the questions that I was asking a few, uh, a few years back, ask the questions we talked about here and now of just what is, what does life look like for me, for us being pastors? A lot of times it looked like the Bible studies. It looked like the conversations that we're talking about as we're going into ministry, but you guys may not be at that place. So what's it look like for you? And we'd love to hear those stories. We'd love to hear, um, how the Lord is working and moving in your life and in community. We'd love to hear that because sure, we absolutely. are a community and we embrace now who we are in Jesus as a whole. It's awesome. Um, as always, keep Christ as core. What could be simpler than that? We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.